day! Hola! Hello, me old muck. And now, look, spring is springing and socialising is on the horizon. Things looking up. However, socialising, Dave, means washing Ooh. and washing your clothes and using deodorant. Do you ah. remember what deodorant is? I'll level with you. I had forgotten, but this episode, happily, of Babble is sponsored by Wild Deodorant. Oh, what is a deodorant brand that you get sent to your house? And listen, listen, it's natural, but it actually works, right? And it's proper convenient. They, come, they send you this aluminium dispensary thing, and then they send you monthly refills on the subscription model. And those are vegan and cruelty-free, and there's no plastic, and they're home compostable and biodegradable. And as deodorant goes, Pretty green way of doing it, all. Pretty green way of doing it. Now, the really good news is because you are a Babbel listener with discerning taste, you can get 20% off your first order of Wild Deodorant by going to their website, wearewild.com, and whacking in the code Babbel at checkout. B-A-B-B-L-E. And that gets you your 20% a fifth off. So that's wearewild.com. Use the code Babbel. Armpits out, all armpits out. Hello, welcome to Sustainable 208. Welcome yourself all to Sustainable 208, my splendid chum. We are your friendly little weekly environment podcast, ain't we all? Correct. All about people and the planet and why, despite things being a bit of proper naughty, we can still have a chuckle about it every now and then, yes? Also correct. And what is being proper naughty this week, all? Oh, this week, Dave, the government's being proper naughty, and specifically that pretty Patel, Secretary of State, for doing bad things to good people. We're talking about protests. We're talking about the fact that there is a horrible, horrible piece of legislation going through Parliament that is basically trying to stop anyone doing any protesting and is trying to stop you living if you're a gypsy or Roma or from a travelling community. It is... It's horrible. And don't just take my word for it. Take the word of someone who is actually working on this stuff and studying it and trying to stop it. And that is the splendiferous Rosemary Harris, who is a political campaigner at Friends of the Earth. And, as you will hear late in the interview, the source of one of the staples of Babel Corner music. Yes, but mostly we're not talking to Rosemary about that. We're talking to her about the Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Bill. So we asked Rosemary all about what's going on. We asked her whether or not the government is trying to ban protests, and if they are trying to ban protests, why? And we asked her what happens now if you are a protester, like someone who likes protesting about climate change or about how Black Lives Matter, what now? Is it like, have the police won? What can you do about it? And whether this is actually going to happen. So, strap yourself in, get depressed, get angry, and then stick about for the fun bit at the end when we talk about the vegan music. 
Right, good. Hello, Dave here. Now listen, we recorded this interview with Rosemary, what you're about to hear, and it was good and everything is fine. And we ended the record and literally about a minute later, we received news that the policing bill, which you're about to hear, is being delayed by the government. It's not all going to be rushed through incredibly quickly, which is what we thought when we recorded the interview. It's going to be delayed a bit. And one of the reasons apparently that might be the case is because all of the backlash and the opposition and the fact that this bill is clearly a bit bonkers has been noticed and has spooked the government a little bit. So, everything you're about to hear is accurate. This bill still applies. This is still the state of this bit of legislation in Parliament. It's just that it might not be being rammed through at quite the breakneck speed that we say, and that it might take longer and the government might make some amendments and stuff. We don't quite know at this stage. So, just wanted to say that. Enjoy the interview. It's all still accurate. It's all still horrible. It's still brilliant. Rosemary's still fab. Where were we? Just the usual disclaimer, we all three work for environment charities, so if you don't like the cut of my jib or Dave's jib or Rosemary's jib, don't take it up with the people who employ us, take it up directly with us, quietly, from a safe distance and without any hint of annoyance. So the first thing we asked Rosemary was, government can't actually be trying to ban protest, is it? Sort of. So they can't obviously ban the concept of protest, although I... The word protest. The the word protest will continue to exist. So protest kind of at its core is just like an an action that expresses objection to something. But what they are doing is basically creating new legislation that gives the government powers, or not even the government, the state powers, to restrict individual protests to the point where it has no impact. Uh, So... (laughs) It's kind of in effect banned, but it's kind of almost worse than if they banned it. Because if it was a blanket ban, it would be so obviously undemocratic. But what they're doing actually is they're creating a situation where they can allow some protests to go ahead and some be restricted or banned. But with this kind of appearance of democracy, where actually the state are able to pick and choose which protests go ahead. You saw policing as well coming under a great deal of pressure through some of the protests. I don't support protests, and I also did not support the protests that were associated... You don't support protest? I, I didn't support the protests. Oh, that protest. I thought you said you didn't support yes. protests at all. I know it's a no, draconian the, government, the, but I didn't know I could go to jail no, for 10 those, years for protesting. Protests. I do go on. So when, like, when you say that there's sort of, like, they'll stop some protests happening... Yeah. It, the ones that are effective. Like, what is it? What is it that you are not able to do anymore under this bit of law what you could do before so at any protest um whether it's static or kind of a march the police have kind of certain powers to impose conditions on protests and the the number that they can do on kind of static assembly ones and marches are different at the so moment like, don't don't go there don't shout too much don't go there you have to leave at this time right be don't quiet be, don't, be a twat. Yeah. don't set fire to Nigel Farage yeah like yeah. you have to walk down this route you got to leave now. Um, it's got to be this size. Um, but what it's doing is creating kind of this new bit within that within those powers where police uh, can per- impose conditions on a protest if it's t- basically too noisy. <laughs> um, 
So, and the the power, the the power to define what is its kind of serious disruption caused by noise, it it sits with with the Home Secretary. I'm sorry, I can't help but laughing. No, carry on. Yeah. So basically, this isn't this isn't funny. It's actually not not funny, funny. But what they've done is so they they've basically made it so that a protest can be shut down or have restrictions placed on it for being too loud. But also what they've done is created a buffer zone around Parliament. So effectively what they've done is been like, you can't protest too loud and you can't protest too near us. And now we can't hear you. Just for Parliament or like in general? Just for Parliament, but also around... So the noise thing is everywhere. uh, So so you want to do a noisy protest in in Brighton, they can say... If that's if that's what is, too noisy, stop what it. decibels? What decibels? Genuinely, it, what decibels? It, it has not been defined yet. So the so it's it's if it causes kind of serious disruption to to business kind of businesses, obviously, uh, or like a certain. There's some specific wording that I can't remember now, but around kind of ordinary people trying to go about their daily business. So if it, if it's like a kind of reasonable person would be like distressed by the noise, basically. Would be like, so in theory, so they don't even have to actually go and say, excuse me, Plod, I'm distressed by this noise. The The government get to judge whether it's the sort of noise that a reasonable person might be di- distressed by. There has to be people there to be distressed. <laughs> Okay. Or does there? That that does. So you so 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 the police can't you can't impose a condition on a protest of being like this protest could be is too loud because it could be disrupting these people unless there are people there to be disrupted. It is quite a shit protest if no one is there to see it. Um yeah, I mean they've also they've also put condition they've also basically put put given the power to police to impose conditions on one person protests. Yeah. Which I've personally never been on one of those because it it would just be me, um, <laughs> but it's not even clear like what that means. Like, is the is the like preacher that stands in Oxford Circus? Are they a protester? You need to have a relationship with Jesus for you to testify. Yes, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> see- a lot, you know. We talk about things like this. Nothing as absurd as this, but things like this where, you know, people on the left, people like us, whine and it sounds like we're just kind of whining about the worst case scenario and actually it's never that bad. But it it sounds like it is that bad in this circumstance. It sounds like they are just doing really, really absurd things that are that bad. I mean, it's bad enough that... In the debate on this piece of legislation, Theresa May, <laughs> ex Home Secretary, lefty yeah. Theresa May, notoriously cuddly, known to be a very <laughs> soft Home Secretary, said, I absolutely accept that the police have got certain challenges, for example, when people glue themselves to vehicles or the gates of, of Parliament. But freedom of speech is an important right in our democracy. However, however annoying or uncomfortable sometimes that might be. And I know there will be people who will have seen scenes of protests and will have said, why isn't the government doing something? To which the answer, in many cases, may simply be because we live in a democratic, free society. So I do... Right, I quit, I quit. I don't understand (laughs) anymore. I'm not sure I ever understood anything about politics or life, but I definitely don't understand now. 
there's kind of two sections of the bill that are particularly concerning. So there's the the section all about public order, which is the conditions around protest and the police powers. And then there's also the section that creates a new offence of trespass with intent to reside in or with a vehicle. Right. Uh, a caravan, and, for example. Yeah, and that is basically explicitly aimed at the gypsy and traveller communities uh, and to try and deal with unauthorised encampments um, because that and that was a manifesto promise that the Conservatives ran on. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And... Yes. I'm going to try and avoid like just peppering this entire interview <laughs> with exasperated gasps. Feel free, I've been doing it for I'm, a week. I'm not doing very well so far. There's kind of two, two and a half things that are going on. Um, so there's the kind of attack looking at like protest and kind of there's, it's an immediate response to Extinction Rebellion and, and the Black Lives Matter protests and the government and government ministers have said that Robert Buckland and Priti Patel have both gone on the record in newspapers saying that and they So been, this is sorry this is important that this is because XR and Black Lives Matter they're that, doing this that they they're have, not accidentally going to deal with that it is to deal with those protests Yeah they are both right. quoted in well the article I saw it was in in the, in the independent they're both quoted as basically saying yeah like this is this is partially a response to the climate movement and to Black Lives Matter um, and Priti Patel, you know, we know she doesn't like protest and she's been fairly yeah, outspoken I mean, she's, about that. She's, she's been saying things like, you know, oh, Black Lives Matter was awful and... Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Extinction and Rebellion are eco-crusaders turned criminals, is what she said. Lovely. And yes. look, there are things that Extinction Rebellion have done that I wouldn't, I don't agree with and rightly kind of led to a fair amount of public criticism. I think we, we all remember when they got on top of electric trains at rush hour but that doesn't necessarily necessitate this kind of response um and so that so there's the kind of response to current protest but also this is like this so this is a genuine attempt to control protest and it's kind of just another move in like a decades of successive waves of legislation that camp down that clamp down on freedom of assembly and you know we've got a long history of the state quite aggressively trying to legislate against um against protest and specifically you can look at the environment movement and the way that you know the undercover cops that the inquiry into that in the environment movement the fact that aggravated trespass which is also a criminal offense was created coming out of like the roads movement, but also to deal with raves. Um, but, and that is, and that that is genuinely, there is a genuine attempt from the government here to control protests that have proved difficult, difficult to control, but they're also, they've broadened that out so far that they're now, they're now trying to control much kind of not XR style protests. But there's also an element of, you know, they're trying to capitalise on the culture wars. This, like, 10 years for defacing a monument is, it's, it's, an, it's, a prob- it's an electoral calculation. They know, they know mm-hmm. who, want, who wants to hear that. I've seen the light. Well, I must be punished then, mustn't I? You're a naughty boy, <laughs> Don't do do you think there's any chance that they've even they have got managed to go too far here? And the only reason I say that is because, like, wasn't there that joint letter where 
Well, even, yeah, even, even Theresa May was like, ooh, I think you might be being a little bit tough line here. Uh, but but I guess even more striking than that was that there was that joint letter signed by like the UKIPers and the vote leavers and the Remainers saying, um, yeah, so we hate them and they hate us, but we all kind of agree that we should be allowed to say we hate them. A, <laughs> we bit, hate a, us. Bit, noi- a bit noisily. A if bit necessary. noisily and like yeah. with our mates on the streets and that we should be able to make life a bit inconvenient for you. And it takes something in, like you say, the the context of the, the ever deepening culture wars. It takes something to unite those two camps, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think that that's kind of that it, it's going to create a lot of kind of unlikely allies across it because the right to protest for for me, and I think for most of the kind of organisations that I've been working on with on this is not a, like a conditional right where we think that you should only be allowed to protest if we, you protest about the things that that we agree with like it's better for society if everybody can have their voice heard and then it kind of works itself out um so yeah i i, I get the sense and this is complete speculation on my part but i get the sense that they may have taken it too far um, I think that, so we'd heard that, um, they wanted to, so they rushed through second reading and we'd heard that they wanted to start committee stage next week. So just on, just on that for people who don't know, oh, basically yeah. they, they published it and about, they said, here's a bill, we're going to do this bill. And then like, was it six days later? They said, right, you've all got to decide whether or not you think this bill's a good idea. Yeah, and, and people it, were like, it's 300 pages long, sod off, I haven't read it. Right? <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Yeah. So, and then, and yeah. then it kind of, it goes through parliament and second reading is the first point at which MPs can debate it and then vote on it. Uh, and then once, if it passes its second reading, which it did, it goes to committee stage where it then gets kind of really scrutinized line by line and amendments start to be taken on it to change it. Right. And there's been a general kind of disquiet about the fact that they were trying to push it through this quickly as well. Um, because it suggests that they don't really want it to be scrutinised as much as we might hope. Surely not. Uh, it's not as if they've got any precedent on trying to ram extremely important bits of legislation through the house. Is, is there a kind of is there a backlash at all among Tories and stuff who also just don't like the idea that you're effectively giving one person the, the ability? I mean, yeah, I mean, currently pretty Patel, but like the principle of like just leaving it up to one person to to decide what protests they like and what protests they don't like, which is essentially what's going on here, isn't it? Well, if we go back to our pal Theresa May. Lefty uh, Theresa. Yeah, yeah. Trot, Theresa old, Trot. Old wokester. Um, <laughs> she, um, she, in her speech as well, the same speech, um, I don't have the like full quote, but she basically said that it perhaps is not appropriate to give the powers to define what the disrupt what disruption means to the sec- to the home secretary because while she is sure that Priti Patel is a reasonable home secretary we're all sure that Priti Patel is a reasonable home secretary there are it is not guaranteed that in the future that will be the case. So it is dangerous oh because even take, take, taking outside of the current government and whatever people might think about them, it is dangerous to put that power in the hands of a single figure because, as you say, they then are free to define that kind of thing. And you can look at 
and especially, I think, especially in the UK, where a lot of our political culture and the way that we do things seems to be just done by a kind of gentleman's agreement that everyone would just be like broadly reasonable. Um, and that therefore, as soon as you get an unreasonable person in that position, it is very, very difficult to challenge them. Um, and that kind of, and you kind of saw in America, they thought that they had all the checks and balances they needed and it turned out they didn't. And as soon as you get an unreasonable person in a position of power, it's very, very difficult to challenge them because they're using the powers that you've given to them. Because I was going to ask you, but I'm just amazed that I don't need to ask this question. Often the government is doing a thing and people come in here and say, government's doing a terrible thing. And the government's actual line for why they're doing a thing is, no, 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 we need to do it because of this valid sounding reason, right? And the truth is generally somewhere in the middle. But actually... The reason that the government is giving for doing for making it so they can decide what protests are too noisy and stopping them on a whim mm-hmm. are the reasons that people are going, that's bad, which is we want to stop disruptive protests disrupting stuff and we don't currently have the powers to do that, right? Yeah. So it's not there is no hidden agenda here. It's just like what they are doing is bastardly and they would say it's good bastardly and we say bad bastardly. Uh, I think that there is a level to which, yeah, they are being quite open about what they're doing. Um, but there is also a level to which there is some rhetoric around it that perhaps isn't as accurate as you might hope. So they're saying that they're just legislating against the kind of thing that XR do. But actually, the measures within the bill go much further than that and are creating new powers to deal with protests that are nothing to do with the kind of illegal activities that Extinction Rebellion did. And also, a lot of, not all, but a lot of the examples that they use of Extinction Rebellion protests that they therefore need to create this bill for were illegal anyway. And the people came away from that being arrested. The people who blockaded the press, (laughs) they got arrested. The people who stood on the train got arrested. Like, they are already illegal. They have the powers to deal with that. So it is disingenuous in that what they're saying is we're not attacking protests. We are conserving your right to protest when actually they're not necessarily. And there are a lot of things in there that are very concerning. And I also think it's worth kind of, there's a lot of stuff around like, you know, if you're a law abiding citizen, then you have nothing to worry about. That old chestnut. Which means nothing when you're the government and you define what a law-abiding citizen is and what they're doing is narrowing the definition of what is law-abiding. So what it doesn't mean anything. People in like authoritarian dictatorships are fine if they're law-abiding, but the laws dictate that what is law-abiding is very different to what is law-abiding here. And I'm not saying that we're living under a dictatorship. But I am. I, but you're not, not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that. <laughs> So what happens now in practice then? This bill goes through. Let's say this bill goes through. We'll come in a minute to whether it's going to go through or not. This bill goes through. 
What happens now to an XR activist? Um, I mean, as far as, yeah, I don't completely know. I wouldn't want to kind of suggest I'm an expert on the legislation as it is. I've barely had time to read it. Um, it's just long for God's sake. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I've been doing. Um, but I think that the XR protests, for example, broadly, the police had the powers already to deal with the kind of protest that they were doing. So it lowers the threshold at which the police are able to start imposing conditions on protests. So they can, it's, it's changed from kind of either serious to significant or significant serious. I can't remember which is officially legally more bad, if that Proper makes noise. sense. <laughs> uh, there's lots of legal words around it. But basically, yeah, it's slightly lowered the threshold at which the police can start imposing conditions. But XR had already breached that threshold as it currently stands. So in terms of shutting down those kinds of protests, I don't think that it is going, like the, the police will still kind of have to go in and, and deal with it and give conditions. What they have done though is... So there's kind of two things that will be at play here. First of all, is that it's when a, when the police impose conditions on a protest. So say, for example, you're on a bridge, you've occupied it, and the police start handing out conditions that basically say you've got to get out of here in an hour, otherwise you're in breach of conditions. As long as you don't know about those conditions, you can't be in breach of them. Because how can you be in breach of something you don't know? Um, and... A lot of protesters know that, so people won't pass on any information about conditions, things like that. What they've done is they've changed that to from you have to have known to you ought to have known. Whoa. You easily ought to have known that there were conditions imposed. They haven't defined what that means. So is it that if the police tweeted it, you should know? Is it that if one at one point they said it, you should know? What if you turn like that is not defined, and I don't know how they're going to define that. Um, but this is not just this is not just like police state stuff. This is Orwellian. This yeah, is that's like, exactly what I was thinking. This yeah. is Big Brother. This is North Korea. This is like the, the you know right think and wrong think, isn't it? You're a thought criminal. Yeah, it feels a bit, um, I feel a bit like I was reading something about Kafka the other day because I'm a dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not having that. <laughs> uh, and the, the kind of like the trial bit in, 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 that, in one of his books where like, yeah, it's just all this kind of like weird bureaucratic nightmare and you don't know what you've done and you don't know why. Like, mm. yeah, so basically you could be arrested for breaching the conditions of a protest when you didn't know about the conditions because you ought to have known about the conditions. So it's like you should have made an effort to find out, basically. Um, so, and then on top of that, and I'm not, what they've done is, so public nuisance, which is kind of, and used to be a co is is currently a common law offence. Public nuisance it, is what? What is what is public nuisance? I don't know the definition of it. Um, it's is, it's about, is Dave a public nuisance? I mean, Dave's always a public nuisance. Okay, um, they've basically take they've taken an offence that is usually a, a common law offence and is kind of treated fairly leniently by the courts. And they're going to put it in statute and they've given it a 10-year maximum sentence. 
Well, we better find out what that means. Shall I Google it? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I, I, I just don't want to accidentally go to prison for 10 years. Yeah, look, look it up, please, Rosemary. I'm going to look it up now. I'm, I'm a bit worried, you see, that the babble classifies as a public nuisance. Yeah, I mean... I'm extremely worried that the babble classifies as a public <laughs> nuisance. Wouldn't people have to listen to it for that to be the case? Oh! Oh! <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, if Shit, no one's listening, Rosemary, <laughs> why don't you tell us what you really think about Pretty Patel if no one listens, Rosemary? Okay, so public nuisance is a common law offence involving environmental danger or loss of immunity or offensive public behaviour. That cleared it up for everyone? So loss of immunity. So if you, like, you stopped a train... Is that right? Yeah. Is that what that means? Lock, yeah, your, so lock yourself to a lock yourself to a thing so people can't get into their work. Do you remember? Do you remember okay. when? Do you remember a few years ago when those three anti-fracking protesters uh, locked themselves on to like a lorry or something? They lorry surfed, didn't they? They just stood on top of lorry. It's different um, ones. Different ones. The ones oh. that went to the ones that went ended up going to prison, and then they got their sentences overturned for being manifestly excessive. Um, they got done for public nuisance when usually you would have expected that in that case they would have been done for obstruction of the highway, which is like a much lesser offence. So I think public nuisance, you have to have actually caused issues for like a community. Um, And so it was kind of arguments about like whether them blocking the road created a kind of obstructed people's rights to do things um and usually it's a common law offense and they're now making it as as, like putting it in statute so it kind of just tightens that and it probably makes it easier to use and it probably makes it easier to give longer sentences on it um so yeah as if you were an, an xr activist you are certainly more likely to be arrested for breaching conditions of a protest um whether that stops them, given that their entire tactic is being arrested, is another question. Uh, a lot of this sounds to me like it's intended to have a chilling effect. And the government's done that on a number of things, haven't they? Like, you know, years ago, we had that lobbying act, the gagging act, as uh, campaigners re- renamed it, which was to try and stop you kind of doing anything around elections. And... What happened there is that they introduced loads of rules that were complicated and looked like it might be a bit expensive to break them and so people just didn't take the risk. And it feels like that's kind of what is going on here as well. Like, technically, there may be a way to get around these things, but you're going to be less sure that you're not going to get accidentally chucked in prison for 10 years and, and less sure that you're not going to get a massive fine. And I suppose, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think people are going to be chilled? Or do you think people are going to go, going to go sod this, like, we're going to protest even harder? What, how do you think people are going to react? I feel like you'll get both. Um, I think that, and you're already seeing it this week, that people do not, people are pushing back on this already and aren't willing to accept that this is being taken away from them. And I think that there will be some people who will see this as kind of, well, we're going to do it anyway. We're going to do what we were going to do. And you'll have to deal with that. And we'll make that calculated risk for themselves. 
Um, but I also think that you will see a chilling effect because that's what it's for. <laughs> that's what it's for. And yeah. also particularly among people who are kind of already over-policed and are generally subject to like abusive power from police and whose protests. So if you look at the Black Lives Matter marches, there's, um, there's evidence that those were much more aggressively policed than equivalent protests by majority white people. And I think that wherever we see police given more powers, we tend to see them be abused. And we've seen that with the coronavirus regulations. Um, and we've seen that with stop and search. And we'll see that again with this. We saw that on Saturday um, at the vigil on Clapham Common. Um, and that was a very harrowing example of it. And I think made a lot of people who probably aren't aware of the, of the fact that the police are often like that at Black Lives Matter marches, suddenly aware of the extent of the power that police have and how they choose to use that. And this gives them a lot more, these, these, this bill gives them a lot more discretion when and how to use that kind of power. So I think that for some people, it will not deter them, but I think that for other people, it will. And, and we're already kind of seeing comments on Twitter from kind of black activists who are saying that they're not going to the protests at the moment because they don't want to be targeted. Four mm. legal observers got arrested earlier this week, three of whom really were black, black and brown. Yeah. And first of all, they're not meant to be getting arrested. But second of all, you know, what does that, It again, it just kind of, it'll exacerbate existing issues that are already there in society, but will be magnified by the fact that the police have more power to do this kind of thing. So this is not just about being a bit noisy on a protest. There's some other stuff going on that is proper insidious as well, which is the attack on, the deliberate attack on gypsy, Roma, nomadic travelling communities, right? Um, and, you know, there's also some stuff about trespass in the countryside, but I wanted to ask you specifically about that, about the impact on travellers. Like, is that basically to stop that community moving around? Is that what that is? What is going on? What is okay. it? I mean, it is pretty much, yeah. I mean, they've made that very... It's it, it's literally, like, named in the bill. It's about unauthorised encampments, and that is a specific right. reference to gypsy and traveller communities who are nomadic, which is actually a right that they have to to be nomadic. Um, and we're also... Yeah, we're also talking about about 3,000 people who, in the UK, still live kind of in kind of permanent nomadic communities. Um, and yeah, they're, they'll say that they're delivering on a manif manifesto promise that they made around it. It speaks very clearly to kind of, I mean, some of the things that you hear MPs say about the gypsy and traveller community are so terrible 
and so racist, but it's not really considered racist. Um, and it's actually hard to see. So effectively what this will do, so there's this trespass offence, trespass with the, with the intent to reside with with or in a vehicle. Um, you only have to have one vehicle and that, and you're already doing it. So it, in this case, it could be one family in their caravan, for example. And it gives the police the power to move them on for 12 months rather than three. So they have to move that from that local authority um, area and they're not allowed to return within 12 months. It also gives them the power to seize the vehicle, which, which, which it, is their home. Which, right. yeah, in the case of Gypsy and Travellers, will be their home. And if they are convicted of the offence, it also gives them the power to not give it back. Um, <laughs> and and it's not just their home. It's also everything in their home. Oh, so it's, it's their home and all their worldly possessions. Yeah. And it's also... Great. Great. And also, if you, if you <laughs> look at the provisions across the UK of like permanent and temporary stopping sites that are provided by local authorities, there are basically none. Like there just aren't enough for the number of people who need them. And that's a failure of, of governance to not provide enough space for them to go to. And, but then also criminalize them for they're basically being criminalised for having nowhere to go. Right now, is when it comes to unauthorised encampments, we need to do more. We're doing more right now. We're consulting in terms of changing the law, making it a criminal offence, giving the police the powers that they need, giving local authorities the powers that they need as well to remove unauthorised encampments. It, it's hard to see what this achieves beyond just further marginalisation of an already marginalised community who have like among the worst outcomes of any ethnic group in nearly all measurements in the UK. They have something like a, on average 10-year shorter life span. Life span? Expectancy. But, life yeah, expectancy. I know, I know mean, yeah. um, and when the government consulted on these measures, they had loads of responses, the majority of which were against the proposals, including 85% of the police forces that responded. Wow. They don't want Even or need the police powers. don't want this. But they that's don't. the thing. Police don't want to be nicking people for protesting climate change and moving around because it's where they live. Like that's not what people don't join the police to do that, do they? No. Like, it's it's yeah, and it's just it's not helpful. And what are the police going to do? Move them along, take their take their houses, take their belongings, move them on, or just move them on, and then they go however far down the road, don't have anywhere else to go, so they have to stop again. And then what happens? It's just the same police force or another police force. It's it's like it's it's criminalizing like a complete failure of government and local authorities. And it's what is horrible about it as well is that it's going to be so much harder to push back on than the protest stuff because the majority of people see, yeah, see this as a legitimate kind of racism. They don't see it as racism. Yeah. yeah.
is this bill which hundreds and hundreds of campaigners from right across campaign groups from right across sort of lefty righty greeny non-greeny politics are opposed to Theresa bloody may is opposed to it steve baker arch brexiteer is opposed to it as is dominic grieve arch remainer even bloody ukip think it's a pile of crap even the keyboard player even the keyboard player from madness even him (laughs) even he has signed a letter opposing it And presumably loads of Tory MPs in their guts oppose this thing. But is the way that politics works going to mean that this is going to get voted through? Do you actually think there's a chance of derailing this thing? Um, I think there is. I think if if we being not just Friends of the Earth, we being the people that are being loud and care about it and are upset by it, have anything to do with it, then there's always going to be the pressure. There's there's always the option on the table for the government to table amendments, drop the two parts of the bill that are pertaining to trespass and protest. And that bill would probably proceed through Parliament very, very happily. Um, they have a hefty majority, so it's hard to... If it actually gets put to a vote, it's quite hard. But... I think that if the government don't do anything, there will be the pressure. There's enough pressure within Parliament. There's enough pressure within the Conservative Party. There's enough pressure in the opposition, on the street, in civil society circles, that I think we can get the government to reconsider these sections. And I think that... I think they are probably surprised by the level of attention and pushback that it's getting. And I think that's probably why they've delayed the next stage of it, that they were going to try and hurry through again, because I think they're probably trying to figure out what the next step is. So what can I, as a humble babble listener, I mean, I'm not not a babble babble listener. listener. I've barely ever listened to any of these podcasts. Um, Barely present it sometimes. Barely present I mean, I've just, I've just barely, I am just barely. (laughs) Uh, but, but imagine, for instance, I was someone who listened to this podcast. Uh, what can I do? Like, how can I lend my my efforts and my irk uh, to trying to get this bill stopped or changed or what? Like, what can I do? Um, so I guess there's like there's a few options. Um, usually, I would say attend a protest. <laughs> but there's a pandemic Make on. Lines of noise. Uh, be loud there's a there's a <laughs> pandemic on so i'm gonna i'm gonna shelve that advice for now um i think that one of the important things you could people could do is write to their mps i think that mps need to hear about it um and they need to hear that people that they wouldn't usually expect are genuinely concerned about this um, there's an open letter going around um, that is available for sign-on. Um, you can do it through Friends of the Earth. Um, it's already, it's like a joint action between loads and loads of organisations. And last I heard, it was already up to over 200,000 uh, individual signatures plus the 250 organisations that signed it earlier. Um, and I also think it's important that people who are aggrieved by this speak to friends and family because i think that there's 
there's a it's very easy to like to tune out the noise especially when this kind of thing is getting caught up in in the culture wars um that people don't realize what's going on around them and what's being taken away from them until it's too late um so you need to get on get on to your family and friends and tell them tell them what's going on One last thing to ask you, Rosemary Harris, or actually to thank you for, to thank you for, is this. I will never call you a cow. I respect you and cows. Don't use cow as an insult. If you eat every single... Which we, now we only play, I I cannot remember what episode it was. I think it might be episode 65 or something. It's definitely, yeah, it was... It was a while back. It was a while back. I think it was 20, it was definitely before... 2016 I believe it was a while ago okay. it was definitely a while ago okay. um, and uh, that's basically been unofficial babble theme music certainly whenever I say anything at all about how maybe we don't want to eat animals in the face <laughs> Ol makes me play that music um, and it was you 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 brought it to Ol's attention in the first place and I Ol brought it to my attention and we have brought it to the nation's attention it's all your fault I'm genuinely thrilled yeah <laughs> I could not be more ple- and you know what ever since I knew that song played on the podcast Podcast, I was like, why haven't I been invited on to talk about this incredible piece of music that I discovered? And I, all I had to do was wait six years and get, really, and get really involved in quite a scary piece of legislation to be able to talk about it. If you check out women while out for a jog, I will never call you a dog. I respect you and dogs. Don't use dog as an insult. Right, that is just about it for another episode of Babble. Thank you very much, Dave, for babbling. Thank you very much to Rosemary for coming on here and telling us all about the frankly terrifying, dystopian, horrible mess that is that Bill whose name I can't remember. Um, Do go and uh, do the things that she said to do. Go and look at Friends VS websites. Register your vociferous complaint about this madness. It is the police crime sentencing and courts bill. Oh, yeah. that's what you're looking for in case you Inhoff need to... bill. It's the, the Inhoff bill. <laughs> the Inhoff bill. The arsehole bill. Yes, thank you very much, Ol, for babbling. You can get in touch with us and you can tell us what you thought of the show. We are on the internet, aren't we? At the Correct. email. Uh, hello at <laughs> sustainababble.fish. We're on the Facebook. Just search Sustainababble or Twitter. Uh, look for the Babble Wagon. Uh, you can drop us a review to let us know whether you like the show and or you can contribute to the running costs of this esteemed organ by going to our crowdfunder at wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainable. Thank you very much to Dickie Moore, the splendiferous, wonderful Dickie Moore, who does the music at the beginning, the end, and the intertwinkly bits of this podcast. Do check out his band Bearcraft for all things Dickie Moore. Thank you very much to Arthur Stovall, who designed our logo. What is logo. on? Our <laughs> Arthur Stovall. Uh, it's just not funny. It's, a, it's become a thing which you find funny and you make me say. Up the Stovall who designed week. the logo. I like yeah. it. <laughs> no one else is going to be laughing. But anyway, Wrong. it's never stopped us, uh, stopped us before. Um, thank you to Arthur for designing our logo, which is on our t shirts, among other things. You can buy t shirts by going to our website, wobblywobblywobbly.sustainababble.com. Fish. Right, that is about it all. I am about to whisper very quietly about what a knob I think Pretty Patel is. Yeah. 
I think the babble might get turned down. I might get turned down. Well, I've been trying be to class, turn you down for the last hour. It's eh? too noisy. Yeah, well, you are. <laughs> well, you know, we can do about that, don't we? Bye. Bye. Bye.